All right, good evening, everyone. Uh, you've got a temporary host tonight because our great host, the Mighty T, has been called away on uh, important work business, and it must be important because there's barely anything more important than the Big Football Magpie podcast. But anyway, we'll look forward to Mighty T back next week. But, of course, we have Magpie Girl here as usual. So good evening, Magpie Girl. Welcome. Good evening, Gone Critical. And as a special guest appearance, we're very privileged to have Vicky Park with us tonight. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, privileged indeed. Good evening. <laughs> well, we've decided to call this the Mod Squad. If anyone's old enough to remember that show on TV. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> All of us remember it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, we've decided tonight we'll start with a little bit of a chat about last week. Uh, it was a bit more of the balloon coming back to earth, I thought. Um, you know, we've had a very good start to the season looking at teams that are not going to finish in the eight and... Now we've had Geelong and Richmond, who are borderline eight teams, possibly stretch us out and then score heavily against us quickly at times, which has been our big fault. It was disappointing. Um, Magpie, girl, how, what was your view of it all? Well, I was watching that first quarter and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be such a good percentage builder. And then, of course, it all turned around in the second quarter and <laughs> it looked like we were... Well, did we just struggled really from then? I think it was a, a wonderful comeback to get competitive, and and if we'd had maybe two more minutes, we might have won. Who knows? But um, look, I think it was a game we probably shouldn't have lost. Um, yeah. But it definitely had that to and fro appearance of it. That it, at times you thought, you know, we were going to win easily, and then. They'd come over the top of us and we'd come back. So it was entertaining as a game of football. Yeah, it's a real nail-biter. Disappointing. <clears throat> and VP, how did you find it? Look, I think um, for a neutral person it would have been an entertaining game, the changing of the lead all the time, but obviously it was a nail-biter for us. Um, I'm known to get up and leave my seat and run away during close games, but I stuck it out. Um, I also felt for most of the game that we somehow were not really quite going to get there. So it was feeling a little bit of a feeling of inevitability for me. But the other, and according to all the Richmond fans, including the guy next to me who I uh, struck up a friendship with, <laughs> was that that was their best game for the year. So they needed to play at their own. And there's something, we can take something away from that, I suppose, if you like mm -hmm. I am, I'm always trying to find a positive out of a loss. Yeah, well, I think I think they did. I mean, their stars did come out a bit because I thought Cochin and Delidio were pretty exceptional, and Jack Rewald played well. So Dustin Martin was very good. They had their big names up, so I can see that they would think that was a good performance. But we still we still looked like we had their measure at times. So ultimately disappointing. Yes. Um, any players? Uh, I mean, I thought. I thought, contrary to a lot of few people think, I thought the cloak and white combination is really starting to gel a bit. I mean, it's not outstanding, but both were solid contributors. His brother from um, another mother. I'd just like to talk about White. There's been a lot of discussion about him this week on the on the forum. Um, negativity, as there often is, but people coming out saying, well, if you're looking at his statistics, he really is starting to get the kind of stats that we do need in a forward, whether he's the second or the third forward 
in support of Cloak is is where there's debate about you know how um, effective he is, but he's not he's not about to be dropped. That's for sure. He does a job. Um, sometimes he does it better than other times, but he takes marks. He's having shots on goal, not always converting, but he's doing uh, what the role of of a third or perhaps a second forward should be doing. I think absolutely. If you've got a second tall forward that he's looking at a 30-goal-plus season with getting stats, um, that's 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 acceptable. I mean, it, it's not fantastic, but it's definitely in the acceptable range. It's a pass mark at the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. He played a better game last week. You know, he, he's been looking like he didn't quite know what to do. And um, I think last week was... Probably the most confident I've seen him playing. Maybe he's just gaining confidence and mm, therefore yeah. um, getting into it a bit more rather than standing back and kind of almost, you know, thinking, what do I do? Well, that's what at times he does look. He just it looks like he just doesn't read the game very well. But And that was apparent in the Geelong match. But I, he's definitely better than he made a contribution. I mean, he's, he's not starring yet, but that duo is improving and hopefully moving forward. Well, we need we need him too, don't we? We haven't got a choice, really. Yeah, that's right. Well, while Reed remains injured, Moore's not too young. We, you know, Galt Galt is lesser than White. I mean, Galt's got to come from a lot further back than White to fulfil that role. So, he's the clearly the one we need to continue to stand up and improve. What happened well, in the second quarter? Was it changes that Richard Richmond made? Was it too big going off? Um, I think you touch on a good point there. I think Tuvi, the loss of Tuvi, he's a, a great lockdown player, and they were running free. He would have he would have made a difference, I'm sure. So he that's part of it. But it happened the week before when Tuvi was there, so it can't be the whole answer. Mm. Um, it's I think Pendlebury spoke today and said, you know, it's a matter of when that's happening. You've got to, we've got to possess the ball and possess it and make some good decisions. And that sounds simple enough, but it's clearly what we didn't do. So. I think it's probably comes down to the leadership in the centre square, and that's your your is your Pendles and Swan and and these blokes to to really step up when that's happening and and lock it down a bit, and and also step in to maybe um, try and slow it down and and get the tempo under control for yeah. us. So yeah. Richmond lose a bit because yeah, they really they really free run at it. let go, didn't they? Yeah. Just just on um, PK disappointing. Um, I know you're thoughts on him, um, GC, we've talked about that before. But really, I feel really disappointed for him. It was a chance for him to step up. Um, he just didn't, did he? He just looked yeah. lost and not. That, it's a perceived a, lack of effort. I'm sure there's not a lack of effort. But it, the way he looks, there, he doesn't seem to, I don't know, what, put himself in the right place, um, go in hard when he needs to. It's yeah. not working. Yeah, he's got a laconic sort of look, and that that sort of player always, when they're not having a good day, tends to get accused of not trying. And I'm sure it's not that, yeah. but he's just he's just not quite up to speed on it yet, you know. And maybe he gets his next chance, and and he does. But he's he's got to, at some point in this season, start showing us that he's comfortable at AFL level because he needs to be this year, I think. That must be one of the difficulties of being the sub, though, especially when someone goes off injured. Um, mm. That you kind of got to come on the ground and 
somehow be fitted into um, the team in a position that maybe you don't normally play in or, you know, there's a great reshuffle yeah. that has to go on in order to, as as was last week, to cover Tuvi and really that's not a role that he would normally play and he wasn't playing down in, down the back anyway, was he? But, um, no. But he, and that's that's true. There's no doubt for him uh, to have the continuity of how much. But he did get three quarters. And the other thing, unfortunately, is that there is the sub, so someone has to do it. And when you're on that edge of the team, you know, you've got to take your opportunities. You know, you can say all those things, but he just needs to take the opportunities when they think. And he can't let that be the thing that says to him, you know, holds him back. He's It's got to happen now for him or, you know, soon. Yep. Yep. Um. Broomhead was the other one that disappointed me. He just uh, hasn't seemed to be going on this season from where he left off. He's got another chance, but I think he's got to be, you know, he's got to step up soon to himself. Yeah, what do you think that is? Because he showed such promise in his, what did he get, six or eight games at the uh, end of 2014. And those of us who were VFL watchers knew that, you know, he had the sort of skills, that um, ability to... Um, you know, get away, get the ball, uh, get out of packs. There were things that we could see at VFL level that we were confident about trans transferring to the um, seniors. Like Broomhead a lot, actually. Classy player, yeah. And he did certainly show those signs in his games towards the end of last year, but it's um, it's taken him a while to get back into it. Yeah. I think maybe it's just simply he's a, still a young player, you know, he's... He wouldn't. He barely have ten games up to his career yet, and exactly. Sometimes when they lose form, you know, sometimes he may need just another step down, regain confidence, and then come back again, which wouldn't. I don't think will be a bad thing if he has to do that. But I think he probably at, at senior level, he needs a he needs a good game or otherwise a trip back and regain confidence. Yeah, agree with that. Yeah. Well, you only have to look at Fazola, who's back in the team this week, and yeah. Um, he, you know, after a few games in the VFL, he's he. I didn't see the first quarter last week, but he, he apparently played a blinder. Mm. Yes, that Vicky, and yep. and you know now he's back in the seniors, so that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I think and and the reserves had a good good win again. I think I I got there for about the second half, uh, so I missed the Fasolo show, which was apparently very good to begin with. It was. Um, and I think our other young guys that are coming up, I thought Kennedy looked good again. Marsh is, keeps knocking on the door and saying, well, at some point give me a chance and let me show you my wares. He, he's a, he's a good-looking player when he's on song in the reserve. Sure is. Anyone else stand out to you there? Well, there's the VFL player still. Of oh, course, yes, yes. everybody's talking about, but he's <laughs> kicking a few goals. He's doing okay. Yeah, he looks very solid. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, but, yeah, Marsh, um, Kennedy, obviously, who was fantastic yes. up until three-quarter time, and Alex Vasolo went off at half-time or went off because they were keeping him, um, you know, as an emergency for the senior game. Yeah. Um, Richmond then in the third quarter very much got back into it. I didn't see the last quarter. I took off at three-quarter time to get in a queue for the balcony in the MCC members. <laughs> But uh, kept an eye on it on my phone, and we uh, we managed to stick it out. Because we looked we looked towards the end of the third quarter, they'll overrun us. And at the start of the last quarter, I thought the same. But you know, we came back a couple of times. Young Blair kicked a good goal. Yeah, yeah. it's a um, terrific um, last quarter. Yeah, mm. and Sharon Berg's just um, 
building. You he know, is building. Yeah, he's looking better each week, which is very encouraging. He so, seems uh, to have put a little bit more muscle back on because there was some images there of him earlier in the year where he just looked like a waif. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's obviously been in the gym a bit too, so that's good for him. That's all good, yep. So now we come to this week. So we've got the Gold Coast this week, uh, who seem to have more troubles than we do. So that's a, a starting point. But they have burst our bubble a couple of times in the last couple of seasons. Oh, no. um, who wants to start I'm so sorry, first with the their moves. prognostication? The <laughs> well, I'm interested in the... Um, there hasn't really... I haven't seen any press about it, but I'm just kind of interested in the Buckley versus Ede thing. Um, and I just wonder how... You know, they must know each other really well It'll, and yeah. know each other's coaching styles really well. So it would be really interesting to see how they come out against each other. Mm. And, of course, Ede will know our whole list very well. Exactly. So that may give him a bit of a, a bit of an advantage first up. Um, two big ins, I think. Side, I mean, side bottom when, I, when you know, I think an, an excellent decision straight back into the side because he's – he has that class and, um, you know, in that first match against Brisbane, he he really looked like he'd stepped up again. Uh, such a big loss, I think, in the last few weeks. He will be a player that I think can step right back in because he, he has such tremendous natural fitness. Yeah. He won't have lost that. He's he's just fluid with the ball. So um, he'll be a big in. And Alex Fasolo, I'm a Fasolo fan, so I'm glad to see him, him coming back. But he's one that needs to now frank that by some immediate good form, I think. So they're two very good ins for mine. Who's covering Tuvi down in the back line? I see he's out. Yeah, well, well I think Tuvi and no Ramsey because Ramsey's the other one that's given us a lot of run early in the season. So mm -hmm. they're both half back with run and shutdown capacity. I don't think there's a direct – I think it's just going to be left to the, the current backman. You think that Langdon will stay back the whole match and – even um, Seedsman, Seedsman can go back if necessary, but I'm, I must uh, like him more on that attacking wing. He's he's um, certainly in the in the lineup that um, for the team selection he's shown he's uh, on the wing with yeah. Farco on the opposite one. Yeah. Um, Farco went back a bit last week, didn't he? he had to yeah. once um, yeah. to be to be um, went down and really it did really wreck our structures. Just on steel, uh, we've missed him enormously. He's really, I think our, I'm not going to necessarily say our second best, but our second most important player. He's so important to us. He just runs all day, forward, back, pops up all over the place. Um, mm. He's going to be a fantastic addition. I'm not quite as confident that he'll just step straight in and be the seedsman, that, uh, sorry, the uh, side bottom that we know, I think it might take him a game or two to get into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if even by the, you know, second half of the game on Saturday he's starting to find his feet because he's just a natural. Yeah. Well, that's why I think, I mean, look, I, he, he may not step, but it won't surprise me if he just takes off, off from where he left off because I, he, he'll be fit and I think he does, He just naturally naturally plays the game well. He's, he's a, a, a real footballer. Sure is. So you mentioned that you thought he could possibly be our second most important player. I'm scratching my head to think who you would call our most important player. Could oh, be Scott Emberley from Collingwood. <laughs> I hope he's not lame, though. He really was hobbling, wasn't he, a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, 
I guess I guess if he was lame, he'd still play even with you know they wouldn't keep him out. So that is a bit of a concern. But um, I mean, what a massive massive player he's been um, on the Collingwood site this week. You know they had a few of those clips of his of his starting off and interviews when yeah. he was a kid and yeah, you know, just he stepped right in that first match where he got that pass from Buckley, kicked his first goal was just a a portent of things to come, wasn't it? But he's sure just was. been uh, one of the great magpies and uh, we salute him. Yeah. He's a once-in-a-generation um, player mm. for us. He really is. Yeah. You just think – and the other the other thing I've – the other video I've watched many times is it must have been his first or second season, I can't remember what, when he snatched that ball out in the um, – who was running past him? It was uh, someone who was with was the ball. The Sydney game is that the famous yeah, hand of God? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he just and whoever it was, though, it might have been McVeigh, I think. Uh, whoever it was was running along, thinking he had the ball, and then it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's only recently been surpassed by the putting Daisy on his bum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. That's the, that's the thing about Pendles is um, time stands still on every trick in the book, but um, a true professional. Yeah, fantastic milestone. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And um, our other one is our young Adams is coming up for game 50, not 50 with us, but 50 in total. Yep, good on him. Just, um, just, you know, consolidating nicely. He hasn't starred as yet, but he's become a real solid contributor, and I think... With side bottom and then Greenwood back, will will we'll allow him to be a little bit freer as well. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's looking forward to those few being back and uh, just turning into a nice uh, midfielder for us. Yeah, he's he's intelligently, isn't he? You know, it's just starting to get rid of the ball with a bit more skill and make more um, make better decisions. Yes. Yeah. Um. What's your What's your fears this week? Or do you have any, or you think we'll just walk away with it? Well, I we should be confident, so I have to say we will win. But um, I'm a bit concerned with the way the whole Wits and Grundy thing is going. So I had great hopes for that, and it's still very early days, and I'm a big fan of Jared Wits. I'd like to see that start to work a bit better on, on the weekend. But there's a lot of criticism and, and analysis on the forum this week, and the the slowness that comes with it is a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think I, I, I think that's one of the things. When Corey Galt was there, he, he's got more mobility. He's, he has. He's, he grew up as a midfielder. He understands that. He, and he runs well for a bloke six foot six, but he doesn't give you the other things that Wits does. So, And I think Paddy Carnesis, as much as it's sad for him to go out, the, having him there as well slowed us in the forward line. So I think Carnesis out might, not, not that Fasolo's overly quick, but might just add a little bit. But I've, I've, I've actually been not as unhappy as some with uh, Wits because I think mm. it's, you know, he's had a shoulder injury. He's been out for a while. His stats are actually quite good. His stats are not much different to Grundy's. Yeah. And I thought his first quarter and a bit, or first quarter against Geelong, apart from that mark he dropped, he did some really nice things. I think uh, I, I think you've just got to let those two build into it. You know, it's two games too early to start be questioning it for mine because Wits showed last year he's very capable. 
Yes. He was our best ruckman, and I think we've just got to give him a chance to get back to that. Anyone else we're looking forward to see this week? Mm, I don't know anything about the Gold Coast team. I'm really sorry. But well, they're, that... all, they're all party boys who aren't playing very well. They? <laughs> <laughs> you, you hope. I'm, yeah, I'm just well, looking yeah. at the list here, and I hardly know any of them, I to be honest. I've in there. <laughs> they don't have any names. And I'm... Well, us being all part of the mod squad, so not quite up to it. But if we've got any anyone on the board this week that's making the trip up, could they get out on um, Friday night and see if they can find a few, a few of those Gold Coast boys? So they should be at the disco somewhere and just buy them a drink on behalf of us. We're we're prepared to fund it probably if you. Uh... GC, I don't think it, I don't think they go to discos anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I, don't worry. I realised as soon as I said that that. that was <laughs> but seriously, um, um, there has been some issues with that club and they uh, clearly need to sort a few things out up there um, yeah. culture-wise. Yeah, I, I think that might be partly might be Rodney Egg coming in and showing a firmer hand than McKenna might be might have put a few noses out of joint, so that may be part of their issue. Do you so think Rodney will continue to rule them pretty hard, I would have thought? What's happening with Ablett? He's just sort of temporarily or indefinitely... Not there. What's that? Yeah. That shoulder's that's, not fully yeah. right, or well, that's what they're saying to us. So I'm assuming mm. that I'm assuming it wouldn't be anything else. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm that. sure. So I'm not implying that, it, but um, they're a bit yeah, unclear as to guys. You know, Christians versus the party boys, isn't it? Yeah, that's the... <laughs> so, um, what position does Prestia play for golf? Prestia midfielder. Who would go on him? And who's the other one? Um, Riscatelli, who goes to him? VP, with your extensive knowledge of the Gold Coast list, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you very much, GC. I have uh, a rather, I'm looking at these names on the Gold Coast list and really I know very few of them and I understand they've got a, a huge number of players out, but there's there's obvious obviously some of the well-known ones and, I, you know, this is the easy part, the Prestias, the Bunnells and uh, Riscatelli. Uh, all good players. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of Bunnell, but he is, he does have a, a somewhat of a reputation for being a um, a bit of a party boy. But fabulous player, really dangerous, yeah. really hard to uh, contain him. Uh, they've had a couple of guys that look like I think guys like McKenzie and that sort of thing have also dropped off a lot this season. Um, but it, it, a lot of the kids that looked they, that were going to be good. Um, Maybe haven't stepped up this year, and um, they've also probably lost their best midfielder under um, uh, under after Adelaide Jaeger Amira. You know, he's a, he was he's a massive loss for them. And he's um, injured, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's out for the season. So right. Um. So he he he's gone, but uh, you know they're a good side there. I think they're a good side who's playing poorly, and we just sort of hope that that happens, stays again this week, and that they don't prove, you know, see us as their sort of stepping stone back into into playing well. But you know, with on the form, we should we should win this and win it well. We we absolutely should, and I don't want it to be another situation where we're playing a team that feels like it's their last chance, you know, their last um, opportunity to 
to uh, establish something for the year. It, it's, you know, it's everybody's grand final when we play them. It was Richmond's yeah. grand final last week and we're, we're always up against these sorts of things. But I noticed Danny Stanley's back in the team too. He's been a bit of a fringe on the fringes lately, hasn't he, up there, our ex-player? Um, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's been a solid player for them um, without being a star. But one of their good – he's a good, been a good pick-up for them and um, – Really taking his career up to the level perhaps where people could see it having been. He's never going to be a superstar of any sort, but he's a good, solid contributor. Yeah. Um, Charlie Dixon's the other interesting one up there. He's not signed up yet. And, you know, I know he's had injury concerns, but he's a big key forward. And, you know, if he came up, he would be one of the players I think you'd look at at the end of the year um, if he was free to chase. His name is being tossed around, isn't it? Yeah, well, because he's, he's out of contract, he's had a lot of injuries, he's got a lot of potential. But, and with their, you know, the apparent disharmony up there, you might, he might be one you might shake out of the team if you went out with him with a decent offer. Mm-hmm. Depends what they'll come back with him. Yeah. Um, the other, the other person I wanted to mention this week was Jack Crisp. Because, you know, he's just each week stepping up further and making himself more important. When I was watching them, so I was out to dinner last night with an, a fellow that I knew he came up to me and said, um, I'll tell you something, I'm Jack Crisp's uncle. So he gave me a little bit of a, a little bit of a chat about how Jack's finding Collingwood. He says he loves it, absolutely loves it. He said he was ultimately glad to be out of Brisbane because there was a lot of problems. Interestingly, he said he, he was shattered when Boss went. He was... Obviously, had a very good relationship with Boss and, and also um, very sad to see Brown go. But the interesting thing, he said, there was that bit of a story when he got uh, his first call up here um, to say he was, uh, he'd been picked up in the draft and he thought he was being prank called a few times. But he, he, he told his uncle that when he arrived, the two blokes that marched up to see him first were Pendlebury and Swan. And since those two guys have taking him under their wing and just said, you follow us and do what we do. We'll show you what to do. And uh, it's been a great story. But that's a, a nice little interesting sort of insight into seeing who's welcomed him. You know, Swanee and Pendles, not a bad combo. That's a terrific story, GC. And it's interesting, you can see Pendles doing that, but we get the impression Swan wouldn't. But what the, the Swan that we see in the media, I don't think is the Swan that you see around the club. Yes, yeah, I think that's absolutely. He's clearly a very well liked player. The other thing I said facetiously was perhaps um, you know all his mates have gone, and uh, he might uh, be by necessity on the lookout for new mates. So as soon as someone walks in the yard, doors, he might grab them. <laughs> That's been a little unkind. <laughs> <laughs> There's something very special about Swanee. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I'm a Swanee lover, so. <laughs> he's, he's, he, and hasn't he? You know, he's uh, he's had some quiet matches. You know, again last week he's uh, clearly our best player. He's probably he'll have Crownlow votes. He probably have about six of them by now. Well, they love him. The umpires, they always yeah. have. I declare the winner of the 2011 Crownlow Medal, Dame Swan from the Collingwood Football Club. I mean, when you look at. Um, Swan and Penelope and the, you know, what ended up being fairly extensive surgery that they had had at the end of last season, um, you know, they're, they're 
both playing so well in terms of obviously being rid of, um, you know, enormous pain and everything that they run around with week on week without us knowing about it. And, um, you know, it's just good to see them playing so freely and, and yeah. you know. Well, it would be, uh, be nice if they continue. I imagine if uh, they both collect their six All-Australian at the end of the season, that would be a nice little, uh, yeah. little part, part of the season if it could happen. That would be that would be terrific. And Swan was obviously hobbled last year. He just wasn't himself. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. like to uh, give mention, if I could, to Braden uh, Maynard being named as an emergency. That, that's outstanding. I, three weeks ago, I thought that guy was a long way off. And um, I know an emergency. Just naming him as the emergency doesn't mean he'll get the game. Obviously, but that's a terrific effort. What eight rounds oh, in? Yeah. yeah. No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean that. I think they often use it for the younger fellows to say, you know, you're not far away now and you're on the up and uh, we'll look at that Maynard and Marsh both in there. Yeah, well, Marsh, uh, John yeah. O'Marsh has been in the emergency several several times. So um, well, it's terrific. Well, he close to getting a game at some point. He must be, yeah. Mm. It's really his disposal yeah. is the biggest knock on him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, he, and he, if you look at him in a second, he does... He does I think his two weaknesses are his disposal, and for a guy with pace, he just sometimes loses his uh, loses his opponent on the lead and gets a bit lost there. Mm-hmm. But he also does some great intercept work, and um, you know, uh, repels some attacks very solidly. So he's just going. He you, you just see him as continuing to improve, and he he must ultimately get a chance at some time. I would think. Good. Anyway, that's um, I think. That's probably a wrap of this week. Um, well, it's been uh, been a, a, a great uh, show. We've missed the mighty T, but um, he's had the mighty BP as a replacement. He's uh, been fantastic. So thank you very much, BP, for coming along. Thank you. Thanks, BP. Thank you. Magpie girl, thank you for and uh, you got to have plenty to say this week. So next week when Mighty T is back, you might just have your uh, suck your voice in back yeah. in again. Sit in the background. Put behind the ear. <laughs> Laurie Holden, thank you very much for um, doing your editing work and all that fantastic contribution. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. We Thanks, hope Steve. the uh, pies get up this week. We expect them to. We expect we'll be back on the winning week, and we will see you all next or hear you all next week. Signing off now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.